0: How's it going, Deep Dive Sports fans? David here. I'm joined today with Nick and Dom. We'll be doing a Let's Talk Sports episode today. I know it's been a minute since we've done a Let's Talk Sports, and it's been a minute since all three of us have been on. So, hello and welcome. What's up? It's been way
1: way too long. I feel like you missed a perfect opportunity, David, to go. It's Dom and Nick, you know? (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. tough well, crowd around here geez this thing on oh man
0: well anyways i've
1: got
2: i mean that was the yeah. cheesiest thing i've heard in a long time mm-hmm. yeah we don't
1: get
0: paid to do this so that's fine <laughs> Yeah. anyways i've got several topics covering various different things a good chunk being football related but anyways let's start with this first topic that i have so within the last week or so the browns made a trade with the Minnesota Vikings for Cedarius Smith, a linebacker, what do you guys think about this? Is this kind of like an improvement to the team? Where do you guys think this will go in? What kind of benefits or non-benefits are there?
1: Uh, I'll go I mean, first. No, I think it's a, yeah, go 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 First, on, no, go just so
0: that because you're the Browns fan, I, I think from an outside
1: perspective, I think anytime you could get a a guy who can rush the passer outside of Miles Garrett, brings a little bit of pressure off of him. Um, so as many guys as you could put around him, that teams have to worry about a little bit. I don't think uh, Zadarius Smith is going to like be a crazy game changer on his own, but due to the fact that Miles Garrett is there, he's going to be able to be effective and he's going to draw some attention. So they won't be able to double team Miles Garrett all the time because they're going to have to worry about him and the other guys they have on that defensive line. So hopefully you know Miles Garrett can get free a little bit more he doesn't have to go through as many double teams so i do think that's going to help out their defense and their pass rush that'll obviously help out their secondary so more more pass rush you know more opportunities for picks bad throws those kinds of things so i just think it helps the team all around i think the the north is going to be probably one of the toughest divisions to play in this year and you know as as long as Deshaun Watson can keep himself clean off the field and he can get back to what he was in Houston or close to it. This team has a really good opportunity to make a deep playoff playoff push along with, I think at least two, uh, two of the other teams in the North, you know, I think the Steelers are still building a little bit. It depends on what Kenny Pickett looks like, but I think the Browns have a good opportunity to compete for the division with the moves that they
0: made. Yeah, that's completely a fair point. And plus I just, I heard, not her. I read somewhere on Twitter it was like the Browns now have like one of the deepest like defensive lines there are in the NFL in terms of just like depth and whatnot. Anyways, what do you got, Dom?
2: Um, yeah, I think it's a great move for the Browns. I mean, you look at what little we gave up to get him. We gave him like a fifth, two fifth rounders um, this upcoming draft of the year after that. Then we got Darius Smith and then a sixth and a seventh. I'd make that trade all day. I mean, we thought we had someone to go with Miles Garrett on the opposite side of him in Judea and Clowney, but that was a one-year kind of, I guess, almost like a fluke because he didn't do anything last year. But this is a guy that's coming off of a double-digit sack season just last year, not, you know, four years ago, five years ago. Can he, you know, still produce? Does he have anything left in the tank? No, this guy was a double-digit sack guy last year, and he was really the main focus on that defensive line. You pair him now with Miles Garrett, who's going to be getting a lot of the attention. Um, I think it's a great move for him. Um, I'm looking at the Browns' defensive line as I mean, that's that's been the focal point of the off for the Browns. Um, they've really revamped that defensive line, and uh, I think getting Darius Smith is kind of like the cherry on top.
0: Yeah, that's they definitely needed something to keep the focus off of Miles Garrett at least somewhat.
2: Well, yeah, because I mean Alex Wright wasn't going to cut it. You know, uh-huh. he he's not really fit for the scheme that we run. And, you know, you you have the the bolstered defensive uh defensive tackle position. I, I think this is just a great move. I mean, you know, they they added a lot of talent to the secondary. Um, didn't really do much at linebacker, but they, they were able to bring Anthony Walker back, which is good. Um, but that defensive line was really the main weakness of that defense. And I think they really addressed that in a positive way this year.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect way to sum it up. Anyways, uh, let's move on to the next one that I have, and this is gonna be, <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting one. The mo- one of the most hated owners in the world, Dan Snyder, uh, recently sold the Washington Commanders to Josh Harris uh, for six point zero five billion dollars, and the team was originally worth about five and a half billion dollars itself. What are you guys' thoughts outside of we finally got rid of Dan Snyder in the NFL?
2: I mean, it sucks that Dan Landers now a billionaire because he wasn't before. Um, but I'm glad he's out of the NFL. Uh, it means the Commanders, who are a storied franchise of the NFL, kind of had a you know massive black cloud hanging over the organization in their owner. Um, he's gone now. Hopefully, that changes. You know, the culture within the building, change the atmosphere within the building. Um, hopefully, it means they get a new stadium. Um, you know, it it's good to see. New ownership there. And I, I think it's a, a sign of good things to come. I mean, because you look at the team on the field, they haven't been bad. You know, they they've been competitive. They made the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, and so the the problem wasn't, you know, being able to put a, a team on the field. It's just the culture. No one wanted to play there. They had a horrible reputation. Um, they were able to build well through the draft. Um, now with new ownership, hopefully new stadium, maybe they'll be able to you know, upgrade other facilities and maybe become a free agency destination.
1: Nick? No, like Dom said, the, the all, all the money that he got kind of sucks, but I think that was part of his payoff to be quiet. I think the thing that sucks is we're not going to get to see all the dirt that he had on everybody. I think that the the league itself is just very corrupt, and there's lots of things that, that we don't know. Um, and I would have loved to see him blow it all up because – I think that there's more there's more dirtbags than than we think. You know, I think Gruden was really just the the patsy to kind of take the fall for all that. But I think there's more that's that that'll come out over over the next couple years, and we'll see lots of shifts in ownership. I mean, we've seen the NBA has done it what twice now in the past six or seven years. So. I don't know. There's also not too many billionaires, so it'll be interesting to kind of see <laughs> as all this starts to unfold. Like how many teams actually get sold, especially since the the Commanders sold for what you said, like six point four billion dollars or something like that. Six point zero five. Six point zero five. So like that's <laughs> fine. It bas- basically was like six billion dollars. So if you think the Washington Commanders, a franchise that that realistically was kind of just an average franchise the brand has gone through a lot of turmoil over the past couple years and Mm -hmm. that franchise was still able to sell for six billion dollars you got to think like like if a scandal came out about jerry jones and they were forcing him to sell the cowboys who who realistically has 12 billion dollars to buy the cowboys because that's what's going to cost because you got to think the valuation of the cowboys has got to be at least twice as much as what the commanders are Mm -hmm. so like who, who has, who has $12 billion other than Jeff Bezos to buy the Cowboys and Jeff Bezos is much, he he probably could buy every NFL team in the, the country if he wanted to, but like, there's just not that many people that are going to be those, do those evaluations. You have the Cowboys who are a huge market. The Patriots are a huge, would probably garner a lot of money. Um, i i could i don't know i mean what the the bears probably the Steelers like when you're talking about a ton of historical franchises that if they they were to sell like you're talking probably almost double digit and billions of dollars so i i just i don't know it'd be very interesting to kind of see but he's out so kind of hopefully like dom said the the culture there changes um people want to go play there because i mean even with taylor heineke the that was uh out of the last five years i think they made the playoffs like three of them and they were competitive i think they beat the bucks almost so i think that that's a that's an organization that has a lot of good young talent on that team if they can stay healthy and and uh if the culture can shift and we'll we'll kind of get back to a point where we see washington be a competitive team every single year
0: yeah i mean i'm just happy dan snyder's gone i'm sure like Nick said, almost every owner in the NFL is probably happy to see him go, even though they probably want to have more control over the guy.
1: Yeah, now he's gone, so I'm I'm interested to see how
2: much yeah. how much he lets go. Yeah. yeah, but we don't know what he signed. He he might have signed some sort of NDA. Or
0: mm. who knows.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely because. Because when
1: when all that stuff came out about Gruden, they said there was like thousands more of like pages of emails and text messages from like a ton of other people. And that was just like the tip of the iceberg that that they had found when they did that. Um, When they did all that, when they were looking into his like financials and stuff, because he was scamming money away from all the other owners and stuff. So, yeah, it's definitely (laughs) I don't know. Well, we'll probably never see it because, like I said, it would just it would murder the league. I don't think the NFL would be able to exist. So mm-hmm. I don't know
2: if you, Honestly, if, who knows.
1: if, if, if six of the owners were forced to sell or something like that, I think, I think it would still be the, the,
2: the, the NFL makes like $20 billion a year. I, I think they would be fine. Oh, right. I'm not saying, That's I'm what not
1: people saying thought about. they'd be fine, but I'm just saying if, if you, if you have six owners that have to sell and they all have to sell their teams with the, them evaluating an average of about like $9 billion, like I said, there's not very many people that can pay that price tag. So, oh, I know. Like it's just, and then if you have people that really care about it and they're gonna boycott it, then it'll it'll definitely be it'll be interesting. I don't know. I don't think we'll get to that point because, like I said, yeah. I, think it's, it's I all... mean,
2: people have said that they're they're gonna boycott the NFL for years now, and ratings have never been higher. So mm. <laughs> they
0: they
2: they did they did dip
1: there for a while with the whole Colin Kaepernick stuff. To be
2: fair, yeah, they dropped like zero point five percent.
1: Well, no, because they were. I know like the pandemic obviously changed stuff, but like I think before that, they were at their lowest point at some points. Like there were games that weren't even cracking like the 2 million viewer watch or something like that, which doesn't sound like it's that low. But when you talk about an NFL game, like they usually average probably around like four or 5 million people that watch those games. So especially primetime games. Right.
2: So ratings have still never
1: been higher. I'm not saying right now. Yes. Obviously right now they're, they're high. I think the Super Bowl was second highest maybe or something like that. So
0: yeah, I don't know. Anyways, let's move on to something a little bit more homey in basketball. Um, how did you guys think the Cavaliers season went and um, what do they need to address in the upcoming off season? Let's start with Nick on this one.
1: <laughs> they should have won that series. I just think that they just, they shit the bed. I don't, I don't really know how else to say it. It's like probably one of the more disappointing series that I think I've I've watched with them just because you can't... I didn't expect the other... I didn't expect Mobley or Darius Garland to really be the driving force in scoring the basketball. That's not their game. I understand that. Maybe Mobley develops into that at some point, but he's not a guy that's going to go get you 40 a night. Darius Garland isn't a guy that's going to get you 40 a night, but they can at least get you... Around twenty points, and that's enough. You know what I mean. I think the other thing is the depth on that team just isn't great. So I think that's something they need to address. I think they could get away with not having a person at the three spot if they have a if they have better depth behind those guys. Like I like Chetty, I like Karis Levert, um, I like Okoro, but those guys just I don't think that they're quite good enough to get it done. They 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 shouldn't be your six, seven, eight. You know what I mean. I think you need to have another guy or two in there that is a better contributor and then the other thing is Darius or not Darius. uh Donovan Mitchell just didn't show up I think that's the biggest thing is he was he wasn't he didn't do enough to help them win so I don't really know what happened but he kind of just folded and I think that's that's the biggest thing that they they just and then they I think the New York Knicks wanted it more I think that was like which is crazy cuz that's what Julius Randle said about the heat when they played them in their next series. So, but I don't know, super disappointed. I thought this was a team that if they played at their the, the the capability we knew they could play at, that they could go to the conference finals. I think they had that ability to do that, but they didn't play at the level at which they they can and Donovan Mitchell did not play like the superstar that we think he is, or the superstar that he wants to be. So I think that's just, it just was a disappointing series the way that it went down in my book.
0: Yeah, that I could have gone either way on this one because it was like, yeah, I could see them winning, but I also could see how they could lose this series. And I talked about this in the Nothing But Net episode two. It didn't help with the fact that they were playing New York in the sense of they had to go to the Madison Square Garden and play there probably the biggest place outside of LA to actually play a game. That doesn't help a lot for an opposing team. If that helps the Knicks, don't get me wrong. That helps them a lot. But so honestly I wasn't surprised but, but they, that they couldn't lost. get it
1: done at home either. I mean that's that's the thing is like That is true. At least at least if you can get it done at home then then you can have that excuse cuz you have you have you have home court. So like mm-hmm. even if you lose every away game as long as you win all your home games it's going to go seven games and you'll be fine. But mm. couldn't even get it done at home.
2: Yeah, I, I think I'm not so much disappointed that they lost because I think the Knicks were, I mean, they, they were probably the closest, not the closest, but they, they, it was a very evenly matched series if you look at the teams on paper. Um, so I'm not so much disappointed in the fact that they lost, but I'm disappointed that this series only went five games and they got blown out. A couple times. Um, it's also concerning to me that Jared Allen said that the lights were too bright for him. I, I Garland didn't play horrible. Mobley had his moments, but he wasn't horrible. Um, Donovan had some nice moments, but for the most part, just didn't show up. Um, I, I don't like the fact that J.B. Bakerstaff didn't really. He was throwing out rotations in the playoffs that we've never seen during the regular season. Um, it seemed like he he was just out coached and and didn't really adapt to uh, how the game was going. Um, overall, you know, it's good to see that the Cavs are back in the playoffs. I I hope they take it as a learning experience because um, I mean I Darius Garland Evan Mobley they needed playoff experience they needed to experience what the playoffs were like. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully they they got a little bit of a, a learning lesson from this. Uh, I don't know because they they need to find ways to just to to get that bench better. Their, their bench was horrible all season. Um, I mean, late in the season, you're playing Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell 40 plus minutes a game against, you know, teams that aren't really going to even make the play in tournament. um, That's not a good sign. Um, As much as I like Chetty, he's not consistent. Um, You know, Danny Green didn't really give you anything off the bench. Uh, Really nobody on the bench, really, really provided you anything of of any sort of value. So, yeah, if I'm the Cavs, I'm I'm looking to make some moves, but yeah, I don't think you can make anything drastic. You, I, my question
1: is this because I, I had this conversation with somebody else too, and like seeing how Kevin Love is playing right now with the Heat,
2: I already know what you're going to ask. No,
1: but but the, we 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 talked about the depth, and like I understand that he wasn't like a part of the really the rotation that much, but but my I guess my question is why? And then my second question is don't don't you think that somebody who has been to four finals runs the way that he has, somebody who's being this helpful to a Miami Heat team who's making a run as an eighth seed, don't you think that's a guy that might have been helpful coming off the bench for us? Another guy that could have okay. been
2: L- looking at it, you know, as as simply as that from a, a thousand foot perspective, sure. Yeah, on paper adding someone like Kevin Love could have could have helped. But there's a reason why he wasn't in the rotation, mm-hmm. why J.B. Pickerstaff wasn't playing him. Obviously, there oh, no. I was doing so well there that I froze again. <laughs> where, where did I... Where did I froze? Obviously. Seriously.
1: You're saying obviously there's a reason he wasn't in the rotation.
2: Yeah. So, obviously, there, there's a reason why Kevin Love wasn't being... um You know, he, he came back from his injury and was cleared to play and wasn't playing. So, it's either a lack of effort Practice wise, a lack of wanting to play how JB wanted him to play, or just the fact that he just wanted to play somewhere else. He saw that I'm not going to get the minutes here. I'm not in the rotation. I want to earn another contract because I still think I can play. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it, w- it was just best to let him go.
0: And I'm I'm along the same thing. And I mentioned this during a nothing but net episode. I think the it last one talked about. Um I viewed Kevin Love more of a hindrance than an actual help. Um, I just, I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, like, listen, if you,
1: if you were to ask me that question, is he more of a hindrance two seasons ago, three seasons ago? Sure. Yes. I would like, he just, he just didn't, he wasn't there. But with, with how productive he was last season and how much he actually helped this team out. And then when you really look at what like I said what he's doing right now for the Miami Heat, you're telling me that he okay, could have yeah, done but, okay, he could so, he could have done that for us and But you, but look at look at just, how he was
2: playing what, you just, when he got
1: you just you just said that JB Bickerstaff was throwing out random ass lineups anyway so do we do we sit here and we go like oh whatever whatever his decision was we're just going to go with because we think that he's that good of a coach I'm not saying he's a bad coach but at the end of the day like he got out. He got out coached by Tom Thibodeau, and I'm not saying Tom Thibodeau is like bad,
2: but I would yeah, say. Yeah, but, but if you, I w- if I you would, look I would, at I how the Cavs played, just the adding, league. just adding Kevin Love to this team would not have all of a sudden changed to where the Cavs would be beating the Knicks. It's a it's it's a mindset thing too. You have to think like even like, if it okay. So so then the Cavs would have lost maybe three games or two instead of. They, maybe, maybe they, we they but, we taken it to six.
1: but we don't we don't know we don't know we don't know what he I don't I don't think off the bench for us we don't know we don't know what he would have been able to say to the guys in the locker room An actually like I said an actual guy who's went to four on four finals runs a guy who got to play with LeBron James has that insight with him like Donovan Mitchell's a good player don't get me wrong but every single time Donovan Mitchell gets in the playoffs yeah. he folds he's he he doesn't show up and he did that and he did that in Utah. So it's not like it's not like you can really rely on Donovan Mitchell to be the guy to be like, let's go, guys. We can do it and really like galvanize everybody because he wasn't able to do it on the team that he was before. And he's a nice player. Yeah, you you don't not. think the
2: Cavs you don't think the Cavs thought of that, too. There Again, there's a there's a reason why he wasn't being played and there's a reason why they figured it was best to let him go.
1: But I, but what I'm asking you is like in in hindsight with what he's doing now, do you think it was a bad move? I, I think I think it was a bad move, especially for for everything that we talk about them not having somebody who can play hey, that hey, forward position hey. on the outside.
2: I was in the middle of a sentence and then I froze and I came back and you're talking. But that's not my fault. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, well let me let me finish my sentence. <laughs> all right, continue. Okay, the Cavs GM in the front office know basketball more than we do. They. Uh, Did I freeze again? No, I didn't. Okay, David, you were just standing really still there for a second. I thought I froze. (laughs) (laughs) They know know basketball more than we do. As as much as we know basketball, them being in the building, running the organization, they have a better view of what's going on in the locker room than we do. There's a reason why he wasn't being played. There's a reason why there's a disconnect with him and the organization. Clearly, they know that having someone with his experience and And background is valuable to a team, but they still thought, even with his experience, that he's better off the team and put on waivers than in the locker room.
1: I don't know. I disagree. that's what I'm saying. i I think I think it was a bad move. just just as much as I think it was a bad move for them to include Laurie Markin in that trade. I think they should have done
2: everything they could to keep him on the team. I think like, okay, well, like, okay. So the Laurie market, yeah, he had a great season, but for half the season, he, w- he was Utah. Like he wasn't, there was nobody else on the, on the team that was putting up any sort of, but numbers. you don't, you don't, you don't
1: think that he's not going to add defensive or offensive value to this team. Like immediately, yeah, he, he, he would have been well, but I'd still rather have Donovan Mitchell. No, no, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying you still get Donovan Mitchell, but you do everything you can to trade other pieces. Other than him. But well, who?
2: Who who would you have included? I
1: think who I think have, they could have they Who they, else
2: they, on that t- who else on the roster would have you been willing to throw? They could have they would they have had have, any sort of value. They could have they could have added a pick, a coro in there. They could have added other
1: pieces. We we
2: gave up all of our first round picks.
1: No, we didn't. We still have one for this year. No, we don't. Yes, we do. We have one for twenty twenty four or next year, sorry, twenty twenty four.
2: We still have one. Yeah, because we can't we can't get rid of it's the the Stephian rule. We can't give up. First round picks in consecutive years. Why do you think we gave up like a 2028 20, first round pick? I don't know. I
1: think I I I think you could have got it done without him. But I'm just saying, like, again, like, yes, I, I agree with you. They're they're we're not GMs of basketball teams. So obviously they they're there for a reason. But we are we are allowed to sit here and be like, was that a good move? And I don't I don't think it was. Mm-hmm. And from everything that I've seen, especially when you talk about, like I said, a Miami Heat team that was an eighth seed. And what he's been able to do to help him get to that point, I think it was a bad move.
2: I mean, I think it's more so Jimmy Butler. But so we're, we we keep mentioning Kevin Love and how well he's been playing. He did you know? Okay, I'm looking at his stats now. Since April 19th, he's averaged eight points a game, eight point six rebounds. You put him on this Cavs team, and he's giving you eight points and six rebounds. That's not changing anything. Almost almost ten and ten. But that's but that's but almost not, ten. But that's but and that's, it, what, that's it's what he only, is at this point. Okay, but that's, his, that's but what he his, is his his average is only at 8.5 because there was one game against the bucks where he had 15. okay he has not scored above 10 points except for one game I say it's close he's April almost he's he's he's, he's,
1: he'm, he'm, he's almost a double double guy that he's going to give you those things and in the playoffs he'd be able to turn it up for you but you're but again I'm talking he about he hasn't a, been
2: turning it up though
1: he had one good game that is that's throwing off his stats but he but he's been he's been consistent right eight and eight pretty much
2: no All right.
1: One, 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 one 15 point game doesn't, doesn't boost your
2: stats up that much. So he's got to be close to eight points. No, like, he's not close to eight. He's not close to eight. I froze there for a second. April 26 against the Bucks, he had 15 points, 12 rebounds. After that, he's had nine points, eight points, four, eight, four, and three. The last game against the Knicks, he played 16 minutes, three points, and only took one shot. The second to last game against the Knicks, he played 16 minutes, four points. He was two of 10. 0 for 7 from 3. Okay, like, that, yeah, yeah, he had he had one really good game, but we're letting that cloud our judgment of, oh, they, the Cavs should have kept him because he had one good game where he had 15 points against the Bucks, but he hasn't shot anywhere near 45% from the field since then. Like, 16 minutes, he put up one shot in the last game against the Knicks. The second last game, 2 of 10 from the field, 0 of 7 from 3. What was what? What did he do for the rest of it? Did he get rebounds, blocks? Did he play defense? Even even though he's playing north of fifteen minutes a game, he's still not doing much. Mm. So if you put
1: him on this Cavs team, but we've but you but you can add value to a team without having to score points. I think that's kind of a it's it's I, I get that's I get what that's you're the saying. role
2: that we thought Ricky Rubio was going to play, and he, that didn't do anything. We thought <laughs> Ricky Rubio was going to be the locker room guy. Don't, doesn't really need to do much on the floor. But when when has that when has, has, when
1: has Ricky Rubio ever been a locker room guy? Ricky Rubio is bare has like, I mean, he's, he's an all right pro, but he's for the majority of his career, he's been an off the bench guy. Like, and even, even, even when he's gotten starting opportunities, he's played like an off the bench guy, like a seven or eight off the bench guy. So like, he's not, I mean, let's not, let's not call it what it's not, but I'm just, I'm just saying like, I, I get what you're saying, but I just, I, in my opinion, I view it as a bad trade because when we talk about us not having depth that's another guy that could have added depth, another guy that could have potentially given us, like I said, almost eight points, 10 rebounds a game. Everybody's going to have bad games. Not everybody's going to have great games. We just talked about Donovan Mitchell selling, and he's a superstar. So I'm not going to, we're not going to, and look at Clay Thompson in the Lakers series. Dude fell flat. So we're, not everybody's going to have, not everybody's going to score points, but it's the way you affect the game and it's the way you're able to change the mindset of the people around you when
2: yeah. you're at, and you have that experience. All right. You have that experience. I get that, but but at $30 million that a year, you, to help everybody around you. I get that, but it clearly wasn't having an effect on the team. And at $30 million a year and you're probably, you're you're he's putting up three points. He's already there. 4 points. It's not it's not it's not like you're going to give him 30 you
1: already gave him $30 million a year. So use use him for what he is, which is the 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 person who's full of knowledge and the experience to make a playoff run. Like and you have more depth, because who, who, who else, who else outside of Chetty and Karis
2: Lavert were you turning to off the bench? Yeah, I get that, but clearly there was something in the locker room where it just wasn't good Dean for Wade. him to be in the locker room anymore. Let's go, Dean Wade. Okay, yeah, yeah I get that, but clearly You're there like, was something what? in the locker room. <laughs> clearly, clearly there was a disconnect in the locker room where it was better just to get him out of there. I don't know. Like I I, gonna, I, I get, you, right. I, get your, I get your I get your argument. Yes, he probably would have added some depth. Would he have given you maybe four points a game? Maybe. But clearly there was something in the locker room where th- it just wasn't a good environment for anyone to be in. So it was better just to remove him from the situation and let him go to Miami.
0: All right. Before we continue on for the next two hours with this discussion, because I've got another major thing that's going to need some discussion to it. Uh, and in sticking with the NBA. And... Ja Morant, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so for those who do not know, uh, this past Saturday, under. there was an Instagram reel that made the rounds online. It's now deleted. However, it contained video showing Ja Morant waving a gun again. Now, again, team is doing more investigation as well as the NBA. However, this is the second time within the last two months, roughly, Ja has been videoed showing... This type of behavior, what type of repercussions does Morant have to face? If any, uh, at least what do you believe and what will it take for Morant to actually learn Dom. I mean, clearly when
2: he checked into his rehab place in Florida, which he was only there for like a week. So did he really even go to uh, a facility? That's beside the point. Whatever lessons he thought that he learned and that he told everyone that he learned, he clearly didn't learn shit. Like, I don't, I don't understand where his mindset is because it it seems like he, he, he finally got successful. He was one of the best players in the league and he got rewarded with a big contract and now he's just throwing it all away. Like, I, I I don't understand what's going on with him, but if, if I'm the Grizzlies, like like if, if I'm the NBA and I'm the Grizzlies, you already said that next time there's going to be severe repercussions, you know, I, I. I, I do a very lengthy suspension and get him some help because um, he needs it. I, I don't I don't know what's going on with him, um, but clearly clearly something's not right. Mm-hmm. Clearly he didn't pay attention to what people were trying to people that were trying to help him were telling him he wasn't listening. I um, I just spend him for half the season. You know, see how things go. Get him get him some help because clearly he needs some time away to to reflect on some stuff.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say it's pretty much the same thing. I was like, if he's truly going to take getting help seriously, you're probably going to have to suspend him for at least half the season, majority of which are well, without pay. If yeah,
2: what I hate to see, I hate to see these players that are like uber talented. Like John Morant could have been one of, if not easily a top five player in the league. I wouldn't say best player in the league. Easily a top-five player in the league. And he's only, what, 21, 22? Uh-huh. And he's getting in fights with 17-year-olds. He's, you know, threatening, you know, footlocker employees and threatening to beat them up. Like, it's it's not waving guns around on Instagram Live all the time. Like It's, it's just not good. Um, you know, he needs help.
0: Nick, you and want you know, to- I, I,
2: I hate to see young players like him throw their tail away.
0: Agreed. Nick, you got anything?
1: We, we talked about nothing. I- it's a... It's, it's a maturity thing. I, I think the, the unfortunate part of it is like I said this when I talked about it last time was you have to watch that they're around the way that they end. I, I think as much as it is that I just think that he's he's an immature he's immature and I, I think the the big thing is is this right It's it's not necessarily that has a gun that everybody's upset about. It's it's the manner in which way he's showing it off and right? So using it to threaten children as as like it's some plaything. and and as a PSA, a gun is not a plaything. It's not a, it's not a toy. It's it's unfortunately what it is is a a tool or an instrument that you hunt with or protect yourself and it's not it's not a toy. It's not mm-hmm. something to be waving around, having a good time. It's supposed to be put away somewhere so that if you need it, in times of crisis, you have it. That's 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 what it's supposed to be used. For. So at the end of the day, I don't. I think that that's that's something that needs to be more addressed with him than than everybody being upset that he has one. I I I think that there are some people that are getting it crossed that they think that they're mad because he has. It's not that he has a gun. It's that he's treating it as it's some. It's not and and he's he's being very aggressive towards people. He's trying mm-hmm. to fight people all the time. He's trying to. I I just don't. I don't really understand why. And and like Don said, and, and they said it on Center earlier this week and today too, like he got his bag. So why are you, why are you threatening that opportunity, this opportunity that you've gotten to have life-changing money, to have the opportunity to play in the A, which thousands of people want to do. And they don't get to the opportunity because you, you have the talent, you have the ability to do it. You've put in the work you're here. You made it. Why, yeah. why are, well, why are un- you putting unfortunately, yourself in a situation to be, to, to lose it all. So like, honestly, if, if I'm the NBA, he's suspended indefinitely and I don't really know what that means. I don't know. I don't know a time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even give it a timetable. I would just say you're, you're done indefinitely. And then in six months, we'll revisit the situation and see what your actions have done over the six months, see where you're at. And then maybe, maybe we'll put a timetable on. But like, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see a pathway with everything that's been piled up. I just don't see a pathway forward as of right now to let him to let him be a part of of NBA um, events, team events, those kinds of things. You're done, dude. Six months. And I think you might even extend that to the end of the year. And then maybe once it hits January 1st next year, you revisit it and maybe let him rejoin the team. I think it sucks for the Grizzlies organization. It sucks for the Grizzlies fans because you have a dude that you thought was a guy that could lead your franchise to a championship. I mean, they've made the playoffs, what, the past two years with him. So I, and they've, I mean, this year they were pretty much favorites to go pretty far. So I think that it's just, you, you have, you have an immature guy who surrounds himself with immature people and they don't make good decisions. And at the end of the day, you're, that's, that that's what's going to happen. So he's, he, he's got to figure it out and internalize whether or not what kind of man he wants to be and what kind of, representation he wants to be to those who are around him and those who look up to him um in that sense and i think that until until he decides who he wants to be and what kind of legacy he wants to leave behind we he won't be able to move forward from not being this oh, mature person immature. who makes poor decisions and puts himself in these poor situations like it, it's it's funny cuz like when you watch this video the camera the guy who's doing the video tries so hard not to show it like he pans over to him, sees that he's waving a gun around and he, he's like, you could like you could see him like jolt back. He's like, you know, what I mean, because that that it's state people see that it's it's they took the video down, but it's everywhere. It doesn't go away. It's the Internet.
2: Yeah, and like, I guess they kind of go off of your point. Money changes people, but it can also kind of like amplify behaviors that, you know, you have. Um, clearly, he wasn't ready to get the money that he did. Um, it, it sucks that he didn't either. He didn't surround himself with the right people. It sucks that his parents didn't, you know, surround him with with the right people. Um, it, well, it sucks that his agent yeah. and the organization didn't do more to kind of surround him with with people that are there to help them. And, and instead of coddling him and almost encouraging this behavior. You know, they, this could have been nipped in the bug his rookie year. You know, there there were there were concerns about maturity issues with him in the draft. This all could have been taken care of. My, years my ago.
1: question my question too is like I I, I know some of these guys that, that go into college and they play one year and, and they're phenomenal basketball players. And you know, we want to see them in the but like I I guess is there is there something to say that maybe maybe these 18, 19 year olds that come into the league who, you know, a lot of them aren't really contributors to that level of which people might want them to be you know for four or five years anyway but the maturity level is not there they're not equipped to make those decisions their body's not developed you know to the same as like a 38 year old LeBron James you know what I mean so like is there is there something to say that maybe like maybe getting rid of the the one and done rule and making it that you can come straight from high school is a bad decision again like should should they extend it i mean if if a guy does two or three years in college and they come out and they're actually in their 20s you know they've they've done some college they've had some time to mature a little bit you know take some more time to have responsibility of making your own schedule going to practice going to class doing those kinds of things like
2: well, not only that like i i agree completely with what you're saying we talked about this at bw how we think that they should have at least two years in college basketball and then go to the NBA. But since then, with the, how the G League has has really started to take off a little bit, when I mean, you're starting to see top prospects just come from the G League, not even going to college basketball. So I, if I'm in the NBA, I'm saying two years in college or two years in the G League, and then you're eligible for the draft. Right? Because at least in the G League, they're getting paid. They're getting, they're getting professional coaching. They have access to all the resources or some of the resources that they have in the NBA where they can get mentors they can learn how to manage money or get financial Mm -hmm. advisory, um and more more guidance to to really get them on the right path where at college yeah they have their coach that's supposed to be doing that too but at the end of the day their job is just a coach and they don't you know make sure that they're doing their homework they don't make sure that they're getting to class on time like that's not their focus yeah i mean
1: basketball basketball is like the only one that explain major sport that you could sit there and be like oh, I have an 18, 19 year old that's playing at the professional level at this. Like you look at baseball, they get mm-hmm. drafted, but they're in the minor leagues for years. Like by the time I was by the time they're like, bring that up. oh yeah, sorry. But by the time they're like 23, that's when they probably start their rookie And maybe some of them mm-hmm. don't start until they're like 25 or 26. Like 20, 25, 26 yeah. yeah. So like, and then you look at the NFL, like a lot of those guys do three or four years in, in college football and they come out. Now the NFL players have their own issues, but I, I, you know, you, you kind of see those from the prima donnas, not necessarily all the young guys, but like it it happens. But I just think that that opportunity to to grind, to mature, to understand what it is, to be responsible. I think you learn that when you're when you're still trying to make it and when you're 18, 19 years old and they're just like you were drafted top 10. Here's all this money. Now be responsible for yourself. You know, I think that they just don't get it. And I do like your point. I honestly think I think the G League should be used more or that. I think that at the end of the day, like it should be something that's enticing for a lot of the top prospects that come out of high school. And I agree with you. I think, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think if I'm true.
2: a top prospect, I'm going to the G League. Screw yeah. college basketball. Why waste your time in one year at you know the college level when you can go to the G League and get paid and get professional coaching?
1: I think, I think, I think two or three years there and like you, you can, or you even, even
2: go play in Europe for a couple.
1: You could, you can even make it to where you can't go to the NBA until you're 21 or you're going to be 21 and then you're rookie center or something like that. I think, I think that's, that's a total, totally plausible thing to do. You're not putting a year restriction on it. You're putting an age restriction on it. I think at the very worst, it makes college basketball better because you're going to have better talent that's going to be longer. And then I think also the NBA is going to be a little bit better for it because. You're going to be, you're just not going to be watching teams like that are trying to lie on the super young guys who just aren't prepared yet. They're going to draft a guy who yes, still has growth to do, but their growth to where they're going to prime is a shorter window. So it might only be for five years for these guys to hit their prime. And now, now as a basketball team, you can utilize that opportunity NFL does. And you could use those guys and put guys around them. And it's going to be for teams to win championships.
0: Yeah, and I always, and I said this in the last Nothing But Net, but I think that outside of the NFL, because they pretty much have the college football playoffs and whatnot. But I was like, the NBA really needs what to some degree in their own right what mlb has in the minor league system and they kind of have that in the g league but it's yeah. not being utilized to the way that they need it
2: well I, I think we'll get to that point like the g league is still relatively new mm. um it's it's only really been around for the past couple of years where college basketball has been around for over 100 years so it's more established but you know you, you look at the last couple of years and even this year you're starting to see top talent come out of the G League. And I think that's a trend that's only going to continue as, you know, guys realize, hey, I can go to the G League, get paid, and still be a top draft pick. Why do I need to waste my time at Duke for a year? The only thing that I
1: I will go against you with that is if you – these guys, the NIL deals are getting ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, they they evaluated Bronny's NIL, like, deals that he could get his one year in college, and they were saying that depending on what he does, like – and that what people have already offered him, especially being at USC now, they think he might get around like six million dollars, which is yeah, like, but,
2: which is great.
1: But if he goes to the G League, he could still get sponsorship deals. Yeah, can, but I just don't I, I don't I don't know if he's I mean, I guess he could make that same money, but I don't I don't oh, know. Yeah, he, he, it's just he, it, can well, easily, he 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 could make that same money. But if we're just talking about like a normal recruit, I don't think they'd make that same money. I think they'd make more money at NIL. Than they would in the G League because the G League is something that's so hard to market. Because I mean, how many G League games do you watch?
2: Have never watched
1: one. I would I would probably say that I watch more college basketball games than I do G League games, and I don't really watch that many college basketball games as it is. I refuse to watch
2: college basketball. So like I
1: might something. I watch I watch Ohio State basketball just because I try to keep up on it for Ohioverse and stuff like that. But I mean, outside of that, like people people will watch college basketball more than what they will watch the G League. And I would say it's significantly more. So now you have a brand, you have somebody who's who's representing that brand that when you're paying the money to for those sponsorships, you feel good that your sponsorship is being represented properly by that person. So I think with NIL, I think that's going to kill this like G League Ignite where some people will still do it. But I don't think it's going to get the amount of people that they thought they were going to when they started this program, because I don't think they anticipated NIL becoming a thing.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: All right so back to a little bit of football moving on from the basketball stuff um so i'm going to move on to the xfl and usfl spring football what are you guys' thoughts on the seasons uh xfl just finished i think usfl is probably like in what week five week six now how do you guys think it's going
2: i think it's going pretty well i really like the xfl season uh the championship game was it was exciting um i watched i watched the highlights of that um the fact that a team that went under 500 in the regular season uh, was still able to win the championship was was pretty cool. I, I think the quality of play was there for the XFL. Um, I I've already seen I do countless guys have, have gotten training camp invites to the NFL, which is good because it's really what the league is about is getting guys opportunities to make it to the NFL. Um, and I think the XFL kind of realized that because they already partnered with the NFL on you know potential pool changes, um, trying out new technology stuff like that. Um, USFL, it's, it's okay. Um, the games are not as exciting. The fact that they're not playing in their home cities is kind of taking away from the league a little bit. Um, I was watching a little bit of the Philadelphia, New Jersey game yesterday, and I don't think, I honestly think the stadium was completely empty, except for the players and coaches on the field. Um, it was a good, like, it was an okay game to watch um, if you really like field goals. But um, I think the XFL was significantly better. And if, if I'm the two leagues, I would try to, to merge. Because one thing that, one advantage that the XFL really has is, you know, I've talked about this with my dad, the timing of, of the league is perfect for the XFL because their season ends. The draft just ended for the NFL. These guys are getting training camp invites. As rookie minicamp is just starting, they'll be able to participate in a full training camp and hopefully make a roster. Where the USFL, if you may late or you're not getting a, an opportunity in, in the NFL until the next season, so it it that really hurts the USFL, um, and I think that's why you saw a lot of more known players in the XFL because they knew if I play well, I'll be able to to get an invite to camp and have a full training camp. No, I agree with you on
1: on the merger side of it. I think because there's what like eight teams in each league, so and I think they're all in different cities for the most part there might be some that double up but i think it almost would be it would almost be in the usfl's best like interest to go to the xfl and be like hey let's merge like dom said and you know just like how the nfl you have like the nfc and the afc i think you could just leave the names you could have the xfl and you could have the usfl and what you do is they'll play their seasons simultaneously they can have the same tv deals those 8 teams will play each other throughout the regular season and then you can play like you know two crossover games with the other league and then How does make one big league?
2: You have 16 teams. You have 8 teams in each league already. Well no, that's that's what, what I'm it... saying.
1: That's what I'm saying. You have but you but you can keep it just like you have the AFL the they're, sorry the, the NFC and the AFC You know what I mean? Where they have they have their individual conferences and those conferences will play each other. They can play two games across conference or whatever. And then when they get to the playoffs, eventually you'll get to you'll get to the XFL championship. You get to the USFL championship. Those teams will play and then you'll play for the whole league championship or whatever, just at the same time as which they did this time. And like Dom said, that'll line them up right with the draft. That'll line them up right with training camp. And you're going to get a lot more talent that goes into it. The only thing that I worry about these leagues is player recognition. And I think the reason the NFL, obviously the team names and the brand names are pretty huge. But if you don't have like the recognizable, I guess, talent that's on these teams, I don't think it's as big as as it would be. So I, the only thing that I worry about these spring leagues is that You're not going to have the consistent faces. You're not going to have the consistent stars because those that break out in these leagues are going to go to the NFL. And if they get an opportunity in the NFL, they're not going to be coming back to the spring leagues on the, I guess, unless their, their opportunity runs out. But so that's, that's the only thing that worries me about them. I think eventually they're going to have to get to a point where they have uh consistent faces, you know what I mean? I don't know how that happens or, or what that looks like, but it is interesting. I think it is in their best interest to combine and, and do something like that um together. And like Dom said, that gives them 16 teams. That's enough teams I don't think they need any more because there's just not enough talent to be spread around between all sixteen teams. But I think sixteen is enough. I think you'll be able to put a good product on the field and it just gives an opportunity for coaches and players to to do their thing and get opportunities for the nfl and i think that if you treat it that way and the nfl puts a little bit of money into it as well too i think that you could keep that league going and that's a perfect developmental league that people will watch in the springtime when they're missing you know college football and regular football that's not on at that point
0: yeah that's completely fair and understandable i think you guys covered pretty much everything that needs to be covered on it uh so i'm gonna move on to the last football thing that I have and 2nd last thing that I have for today, Brett Favre, we discussed him a while back in the, what was it, Missouri or Louisiana? Mississippi. What was
1: it? I think it was Mississippi.
0: Okay. Sorry,
1: I didn't know I was muted there, but yeah, it was Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, because that was the school he was stealing money for was Ole Miss, or allegedly, sorry. Well, no, no, he was
2: stealing money from a school. He was stealing money from um, – no, no, I was saying he was, uh, he, was well, stealing, welfare he was funds. he
1: was stealing money for the school. Oh, you know, I thought he like, said from yeah, yeah. yeah. A, sorry, allegedly we don't want to get sued like yeah, the Pat a, al- allegedly stealing money. Yeah, right. we don't want to get sued like the Pat McAfee show, even though we're not as big and I don't think Brett Favre's <laughs> listening to our show, but
0: which is <laughs>
1: hey, you never know. You never
0: know <laughs> we, actually <laughs> what I was leading into. If so, we get Brett. sued,
1: send it to Dom's house, please. <laughs> send <laughs> it somewhere.
0: So Brett Favre has decided not to continue with his lawsuit. Against Pat McAfee, I wonder why. <laughs> Any thoughts?
2: <laughs> there was no case. Uh, who cares? There was no case. He, <laughs> I can't I'm like he's. Well,
1: you know what upsets me is the like fact that he's a trash human being. It it does because Dom Dom knows because I've had countless conversations with how Brett Favre is like probably one of my favorite quarterbacks and like I, I it it's just it's an upsetting thing like that. I don't know. I I just I don't know. I don't know why you why you would do it. I mean, I know why he did it, but just that you have that you don't have any morals that you can't stop yourself from doing it. I I just don't. I don't know. It's it's a very just. He's a dirtbag allegedly. So,
2: I, yeah, I mean, you don't have to say allegedly to that. You can still think was a gar- uh, garbage human being. Yeah, I don't but remember. it's a yeah. I mean, it's you it's know just you, you look at him. You look at how many millions he's made in career earnings in the NFL. Look at how much money he continues to make in endorsement. Do you really think he allegedly needed to steal money from the poorest people in the poorest state in the United States for no. what a, volley, a volleyball, a indoor volleyball court? Really? 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 That's what you're going to do? Come on. For, for, I for mean, his, he, hey, it was for well, his daughter. Okay. Oh, whoop you He He could have spent $5 million of his own money and donated it to the school. Or-
1: Tell your daughter to go somewhere where they have a volleyball facility
2: for college. Your are Brett Favre's yeah. daughter. You could go right. wherever but you that, wanted to go. What, what annoys me the most is he allegedly knows what he did was wrong. <laughs> but when people call him out on it, he's going to be a snowflake and start suing people for talking bad about him because people realize, hey, what you did was a piece of shit move. And then yeah. you're going to throw a fit and start suing people Then realize, hmm. I don't really have a case here. Then you gotta walk back your your lawsuits and make yourself look like even more of a fool. Come on. It
0: it could have been one of these guys who just sue people so that they have to spend money on lawyers, and that's how they get basically McAfee. Didn't
1: even spend money on lawyers, he represented himself. Mm. He even even said that he wasn't gonna pay a lawyer, he was just gonna (laughs) go in there and be him, and he won. And this man wears shorts on national television, so... Well, on national kind of YouTube, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I want to get to that point. Anyway. Yeah,
0: I want to get to that point where I don't... We can just sit here in our uh, in our houses and whatnot, in our offices, and just chill out and talk sports all day.
1: I have a studio? To be- mm. Yeah, I know, whatever. Brett Favre, you suck, man. It's just so disappointing. Kiss my ass. Good thing I never met him he's kind of
2: a dude. Is he still one of your favorite players?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean I he's not my favorite because every human. time I see him in the headlines, I think about you. I hope you know that right. I know. And it, well, it upsets <laughs> me so much. And I don't even know why he's like one of like when I just when I was a kid, I, I just think like his like him and Peyton Manning like like getting to watch them play that certain way. Like when we got to watch like Michael Vick and like just the those guys obviously Michael Vick did what he did but you know, the just the style at which they just kind of threw the ball around like they didn't care. You know what I mean? They were early, early two thousands, right. late night like late nineties, early two thousands quarterbacks that really passing in the league wasn't something that was sought after. Really, it was a ground and pound kind of league. But you had these guys that came in that were ahead of their time, you know, when it came to passing the ball and just to just to do what they did you know what i mean obviously they threw lots of interceptions because the league wasn't that way yet but i just think that that what they were able to do to transcend the game to a more passing league at this point i think is something that is is always interesting you know to look at and to wonder if they were in today's league would they be successful or would they be guys that would be in and out because of how inconsistent they were so it's definitely an interesting conversation but for what he did off the field no i think he's a dirtbag and an unfortunately I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's the same with with anybody who has immense talent and does you know great things you know in their sport, but then they go and do dumb shit outside of their sport. I mean, we just had that conversation about John ja Morant. There's people. There's people that John ja Morant's their favorite player. You know how 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 are they supposed to feel about him now? And that's and that's that same point that I made. Like you you as an adult, you as somebody who's supposed to be this like figure that people look up to, that people, you know, want to watch, want you to represent them and you just do these dirtbag things and you wonder why people are conflicted about how they feel about you and you're upset about it. You don't want to sue everybody, but at the end of the day, you did it. So you have to live with it and you have to figure out how to become a better person and how to make better decisions and represent Yourself and the brand that you want to represent in a better way, and I don't know. I I just think I don't. I think a lot of the unfortunate thing is a lot of these people they're they'll continue to do it because there's just a lot of people who are dirt bags, and they're just people who are dirt bags who have immense talent and doing cool things that we like to watch. Unfortunately, <laughs> so I don't yeah. know.
0: And um, so yeah, you guys pretty much summed it up accurately on that one. So uh, moving on to the final question that I have, and it's a baseball one. So let's end on baseball, the the current major sport going on uh, outside of the NBA playoffs. So what are your guys' thoughts on the uh, baseball season so far, some of the highs and lows and whatnot? Dom, let's actually start with you on this one, since you are our resident on-deck guy today.
2: Yeah, um, I think it's been a fascinating season so far. Um, With all the new rule changes, I think they've really changed the game for the better. Um, There's definitely been a lot more action. I think it obviously the pitch clock changing or reducing the amount of time that the games take helps, um, but batting averages up stolen bases are through the roof. So you're seeing more action, the games more entertaining. Um, other than that, I mean, it's just it's really interesting how the season's playing out because um, you got a lot of teams that are contending that people really didn't think would be contending uh, notably i i've been raving about the Pittsburgh pirates since last year um i, I think there was a episode of on deck months ago now before um mm.
0: before we
2: took the offseason hiatus i was saying watch out for the pirates next year i think they could be maybe not contending for a playoff spot but vastly improved um and, and until their slump recently they were the second best team in the national league they're still above 500 um I still think it's funny to see the Mets with all the money that they spent below 500, the and Padres with all the money that they've spent below 500. The, the Guardians have been disappointing to me so far, but I think they can improve. they got a young team. I think Terry Varenkota is the best manager in baseball, so I trust him to figure things out. Mm. Um, but then you look at the AL East, and every team is above 500, and it's just, it's just a, a murderer's road of a division, man. I mean – uh, the, the fact that the, the Yankees, of all teams, are sitting fourth in the division right now with 24 and 19, and they're fourth. They would be first place in the American League Central. They'd be second place in the AL West, and they're fourth in the AL East right now. They're they're behind Toronto. They're behind Baltimore, who's very impressive at 26 and 15. And then Tampa Bay is playing like the best team in baseball right now. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's really interesting um, Then you've got Oakland. I'm looking at the standings now at 9 and 33. They just announced that um, they they agreed to a location in Vegas, and that deal is going to be happening. but That's mm-hmm. a topic for a, for a different show.
0: Yeah, especially considering you guys covered it on deck. So shout that out uh, if you guys want to go listen to that episode. Um, so yeah, are things yeah anything to add to this, Nick?
1: No, no, I think Don pretty much covered it all. I think my my one question for you for you guys is okay I, have, I actually have two one that does that pertains to baseball and one so the the one that pertains to baseball is because i had this question for greg um maybe when we were still doing spring games and stuff like that but with the way now that they've changed i guess fundamentally the game a little bit so like Tom was saying there there is more action there's more offense. you know batting averages up stolen bases is up it, I guess now in this new era of baseball, going should we should we view the success of hitters less than what we did we did in the past, and should we view the success of pitching of pitchers more than what we did in the past because the deck
2: is kind of stacked against them? Mm. No, because you know, p- pitching even with the rule changes is still dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, batting average is up, but it's not through the roof. I think okay. it's a couple percentage points higher than it was last year. Um, really, the only big – the biggest difference is in stolen bases. So I, I think pitching is still dominant. Um, hitting, yeah, you're seeing more balls put in play, but it's not necessarily turning into hits. It's just more balls being put in play, yeah. which is still more action. Yeah, um, yeah. But and even even with, with catchers, I mean, you know, you, you could – even the best catchers in the game before all the rule changes were throwing batters out probably at like a 75 to 80% rate. Um, I think it's way down this year, but when you change it, so pitchers can only pick off what twice while the guys on first, and then you make the bases, well, 25% bigger. Mm -hmm. So when you make the bases 25% (laughs) bigger, um, you know, you're you're stacking the deck against catchers um, and they're, so I can see maybe putting an Azure sex to stolen base totals on the summer works or break a stolen base record. But other than that, no, I don't think it, it changes things that
1: much. I, I, I don't think – I didn't think so either. I just is an interesting question that I I just thought of, like when they made all those rule changes and like as we saw everything kind of transpiring and throughout this season, i I'm just I, – I kind of just watching it. And I'm just interested to see like if if it really makes that big of a difference. I, I am excited that there's more happening there's in more the cap. I I think that's that's what I said. That was my biggest thing was like people just want to see stuff happening. So whatever you can do to make to make it so like they don't sit there for 30 minutes and nothing happens. So even like you said, even if even if there's a hit that gets caught or grounded out, like at least something's happening or more stolen bases. So um, my second thing that's like a little bit off topic. So obviously now with the A's going to Oakland, they have what? Baseball, football, uh, hockey. And they'll have wnba so i see over, you're going yes they'll get an nba team at some point but 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 over under seven years if you had to put money mm-hmm. on it under 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 100 you think, you, think, you think nba expansion in the in the next seven
2: years yes more so relocation but yes you think relocate who's 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 relocating i could see i can see the pelicans
0: I can, um, see charlotte. I can see
2: charlotte i think i think no i think i think charlotte's I think Charlotte's a big enough market. Um, I could see Sacramento. Um, well, no, because they they got they got a pretty passionate fan base. Who? I think I I think I think
1: easy easy money. You just Orlando. Easy. You do you do two expansion teams. You do one in Seattle, and you do one you do one in Vegas, and you just move two teams from the West over to the East. I think you just move Memphis over to the East, and then maybe yeah, maybe Minnesota. No who's who who else who else is there's somebody else
2: that's right there that I'm missing. Uh, I mean, that's, that's really i'm I'm looking at everything now. Memphis is really the only team that you could make an argument for being in the in the east. I think, um I
1: think new I think because I, when I think I think Memphis, New Orleans, Minnesota,
0: I think I the, New, is like, new
2: Orleans is like smack in the middle. So yeah, you could make an argument for them being in the East.
0: Yeah, as I well think, as uh Minnesota. I can see that I argument.
1: I think cuz I think Minnesota's right there like with, you know, you have the Pistons and then they're not too far from Milwaukee and like hmm. yeah, I mean it'd be a little bit of a trap jump for them, but I I think either I think Memphis would be the go-to and then I think it would either be Minnesota or New Orleans. So, I think the Pelicans... yeah, I mean
2: the, the fact that the NBA still hasn't put a team in Seattle after how many years now? That's Open still surprising 10. to me. Um because that's one city that needs an NBA
1: team. If you if you had to put money on it, who's who 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 becomes the owner of the Las
0: Vegas team? Who do you think? LeBron retires and he owns the team. No, because no,
2: because I think it would happen before he retires because he's still set on playing with Bronny. Yeah, but that's that's only two years away. away.
0: You still got seven years. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think
1: I think I think think what happens, he finishes out his career, plays for like maybe another three seasons. And then, because I, I think he's going to want to go out on his own. I don't think oh, he's going to want to go out, like, you know what I mean, in a bad way. So, I think he wants to play with Brawny. He'll play at least one season, and then he'll be done. So, But then I think after that, he'll have all the time in the world to, to push for, an expansion, push for team. an expansion team. So, And he's got the money. Yeah, got to do the it. money. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Just uh, another, thing to, another thing to think about. Anyways, think about back to my original question, um, um, which was the thoughts on the baseball season. I think it's been excellent so far with the rule changes and whatnot. I went to a game not that long ago, even though the Guardians lost 5-0 then. It was still fun to be at. I got to see the people that I worked with. The game only lasted two hours that I was there. So that's excellent. And then talking about my fantasy team.
2: (laughs) I don't know what it is, but my team's just... Just shit the bet against you, David, no matter <laughs> what fantasy league we play in. It's like uh, Nick, I don't know if you if you listened to the previous episode of On Deck, but my I have the number one team in fantasy baseball right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In our and leagues, of course so
2: and David just just wiped the floor with me. Like my team just shat the bed.
0: Okay, <laughs> so
2: we do we do categories. So it's broken up into ten categories. Yeah. And oh, you gotta, you gotta win, win eleven categories. You gotta win each category. I I lost like I lost nine, won one, and tied one. Yeah, so, I, I'm I'm still the number one team by like one win. <laughs> like it's, I just got destroyed. Like for one week, my team was like, we're just gonna forget how to play baseball. Well, it is always one. the same. It's
0: regardless <laughs> if we're playing fantasy football or fantasy baseball. You just, <clears throat> I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And that brings me up to my next point. I think the big reason why I struggled so much in our fantasy league was because I kept on to shitty pitchers like Alec Manoa. He's struggling so hard against the pitch clock. I, I,
2: I have him on my watch list in, uh, in free agency, and I, I check his stats pretty frequently just to see, like, okay, he's finally back. I'm going to pick him up now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I keep an eye on him every now and again, too. But still, uh, any thing you guys like to add any like kind of like a double take of sorts where you guys had a really bright thing that you wanted to talk about no No, exciting news
2: no it's kind of kind of existing (laughs) all
0: right this concludes this episode of let's talk sports uh i want to thank the guys for coming on it was exciting finally doing something the three of us something we hadn't done in several weeks and thank you deep dive sports listeners for listening we'll see you in the next one